Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we got Danny Perkinson with Perkinson Properties and he's here to share how he's sold close to a billion dollars in real estate and that's billions with a B in case you guys didn't hear that correctly. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app and the only app you need for wholesaling. And I'm on a mission to create a hundred millionaires so please Private message me if you guys need any help with your business. A couple of you guys reached out to me last week. I appreciate that. And if you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. If you get value today, please tell a friend. Either share this episode now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway later on. That way we can all grow together. And don't forget this is a live show. So please post your questions for Danny to answer. I think he's touched on all different facets of the real estate industry, so he's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, so we're, we're very fortunate to have him today. So first question, what got you into real estate? Oh man, it's a good one. Uh, what got me into real estate is being uh, eyeballs deep in construction. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, actually my background's in construction management, graduated with that degree um, back in 2008 and was doing a lot of construction, remodeling, and decided I would way rather do something besides construction. You learned about construction. I learned. In 2008. <laughs> in 2008, Great right at the downturn. <laughs> so it was kind of a survival uh, tactic for me at that time. I, um, I, w I had a construction company, and then I also got my real estate license to uh, kind of pay the bills mm -hmm. in the downturn, uh, and then eventually learned that I just enjoyed the real estate aspect of it more so than the construction aspect. So yeah. uh, I still really like uh, and do construction and enjoy it, but I prefer the real estate brokerage aspect more. Yeah. So that's okay. what got me into it. Uh, and what were some of your early struggles when you got into the business? Um, my early struggles were, you know, I, I really didn't have uh, a mentor of sorts. I kind of had to learn everything on the fly. Um, Perkinson Properties was really just me and I had an uncle who was at that time the broker, but wasn't super active and involved, so had to learn a lot of the uh, just the nitty gritties of how to do deals by myself. Um, yeah. And then, like any any small business, you know, trying to find time to do everything that goes into uh, getting a transaction done, and then you know, growing growing a brokerage. You know, the typical growing pains of bringing in commissions and then having to shell those out for overhead, and you know, yeah. that, those are probably some of the most vivid memories of some of the struggles I you know, went through and really growing a, a team, so to say, that actually could generate some, some revenues. So I've had a couple of people, right? They're like, hey, Steve, I'm thinking about opening a brokerage. And like, before they even finish her statement, I was like, don't do that. <laughs> I concur with that statement. So what, I mean, what were some of the pains, like maybe the people that don't know about? Uh, you know, there's just the, the revenue stream that goes, that stays with the brokerage mm -hmm. is so minimal. Even if you're on, if you have your agents on, you know, 80, 20 splits, I mean, that's still, uh, you just, you have a, there's a lot of overhead that goes right. into that. I mean, there's just a lot of cost to have a staff and admin. And if you don't have a staff or admin that are doing it, then you're doing it yourself, which is yeah. naturally an opportunity cost away from you going out and generating revenues. Um, so keeping agents happy, truly adding value, um, doing all of those things that keep agents coming at the end of the day, when it all shakes out, you know, the amount of revenues that really come in on the, on the brokerage side is, mm -hmm. is minimal. And then also, you know, the headaches that you deal with as, as the broker, um, putting out fires, dealing with compliance, dealing with 
you know, contract related issues. There's just compliance uh, and complaints, compliance um, and complaints. There's a lot. And it's just, man, it's a drag sometimes. And so like, you know, a lot of the guys that uh, we, we run into in our industry, they have teams mm-hmm. or they're doing wholesale or fixing and flipping. So they have all the same headaches. Yep. But with the brokerage, you have the benefit of making less money. Yes. For the same you, amount of work. There you go. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, one of the questions we're getting a lot recently is, you know, these guys that are getting into wholesaling because you do wholesaling too, or do you more yeah. flipping side? No, no, we, we wholesale as well. Okay. So, you know, if you were to start a wholesale slash flip operation, what are the first five steps you would take in order to do that? First five steps it'd take is, you know, be super on point with, you know, knowing how to underwrite a yeah. deal. Um, uh, make sure you've got a, uh, you know, at least understand how you can get an exit buyer at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, have a backup plan in case that exit <laughs> buyer doesn't go through. Yeah. Um, know how to weather the storm if you have to, you know, eat some earnest monies here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, more than anything, just be uh, be ready and prepared to act quick because right. wholesale deals mo- come in quick and go out quick. Yeah. So it's a high pace, uh, high pace business model. And probably what drives me to it because i en- enjoy the adrenaline rush of yeah doing deals well it's definitely quickly. more adrenaline it's a lot more fun yep um so as far as underwriting a deal because mm-hmm. i think of, of those five things that's actually the one that's the most important because mm-hmm. if you've got a deal you can sell it correct right yeah. if the, you got the numbers right you can exit it the deals that are true deals yes it, so it the challenge then selling. is identifying which one's a deal and which one that you should pass on which one's to walk away from right so how would you teach someone? Can you teach someone? You know how to underwrite a deal like on a, you know two minutes here. Um, yeah, I mean on a two minute quick underwrite uh, training sesh. Uh, you know, first things first is uh, the way that I the way I learned it is taking a lot of reps mm-hmm. and 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 I learned it in the construction industry. Measure twice, measure twice, cut once. Mm-hmm. Right, being a framer, uh, kind of take the same approach, uh, the same approach on the wholesale front where, yeah. you know. When you look at a deal, relook at it and make sure that you're not, you know, missing something. And um, you know, I, I always like to start um, close proximity to the property mm-hmm. and look in that exact neighborhood. And if you know, there might be some other deals outside, even even they fall within a half mile radius, right? Um, there could be differing factors. And I think a lot of people, when they comp properties, just automatically assume, oh, well, it's in within a five mile radius. And they miss the little details of, oh, yeah, well, that might, that one backs or doesn't back a street, whereas this one does mm-hmm. uh, a major street. Um, you know, it, it's because it's the little things, especially when you get into niche areas like, you know, Phoenix, Arcadia, some of those spots. Historic in Phoenix. There you go. I mean, yeah. it, it's a lot different comping a property there than it is in, you know, Southeast Valley and Mesa Anything Gilbert. That, you know, <laughs> they, they all look the exact same. Right. And so. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest uh, misses that mm-hmm. I see on you know wholesalers just getting into the game and just blasting out these crazy numbers that you know you can't hardly ever trust what those numbers are. Right. Um, is you know they just they take they don't they don't get surgical in their underwriting efforts. I had someone call me on one of my pay per click campaigns, so that was not fun, right? Because I know right there like it's three hundred bucks. Yep. Well, if he calls me, that's three hundred dollars. Yep. And he's like, yeah, I got this co- property and it's worth 700 easy. And I said, okay, yeah, send me the details. I'll take a look at it. If it makes sense, I'll call you back. And the 700, yeah, if you go outside the neighborhood, 700 easy, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. 
all those 550s in your neighborhood, why are we not counting those? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why are we looking past all those that are right next to this property? Yeah. Uh, so you've been in the business for a while now. What bits of wisdom would you give to the young guys? Man, um, get ready for a grind. Yeah. Yeah. This business is, uh, is not for the, um, not for the weak and the weary. So, yeah. you know, get ready to, you know, roll your sleeves up and jump in the trenches and grab a shovel and start digging and <laughs> keep digging and, you know, uh, get ready to be knocked down and get back up and, you know, the, the but he who scraps the hardest and the longest will come out on top. And that's, that is the real estate industry in yeah. general. And even more so now with all these different companies coming in, disrupting this <laughs> industry, um, you know, those that, uh, understand and know how to be personable, work hard, never give up and, um, you know, be passionate about real estate. You got to have passion or else you won't survive in this, right. in this industry. And so. I think that's, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. Cause I think, you know, we talk about traditional real estate. I think it's one of the most capitalistic industries there are. Mm -hmm. Then you get into wholesale yep. and it makes residential look like a piece of cake. Yep. And we're in uh, multiple Facebook groups, you know, uh, wholesaling houses full time is one of the big ones and, and wholesaling houses elite. And I think probably once a week we get in big letters, I'm done with this. <laughs> this doesn't work. Or you guys sold me something and blah, blah, blah. And boy, if you're not ready to grind and get knocked over, you're not going to make it. It, it is a grind. It is yeah. a scrap fest for sure. Uh, so, you know, we got a lot of peers, a lot of friends. We run in the same circles mm -hmm. in, in, in this market. What would you say is different between the way you run your business and the way the other wholesalers and flippers in our market run their businesses? Um, you know, I like to uh, I like to stand out in in uh, you know a couple different couple different ways. One, um, you know, I like to be on the front lines of of technology. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, one of the things that uh, when I was uh, writing offers for and acquiring properties for Colony was uh, we we developed a. Uh, software platform, mm -hmm. which, uh, Steve Peterson, who's a longtime wholesaler, mm -hmm. um, nice guy. You know, super, super good guy. Uh, and I, and, uh, Lane Peterson all kind of collectively came together and, you know, built out a, uh, pretty cool, um, MLS scraper tool mm -hmm. and app that has been, uh, pretty, um, pretty unique and, and, um, has been, been great both when we were writing for colony and also now on the wholesale front, um, which allows us to be pretty, uh, pretty on point with underwriting and, and, and very efficient with offer writing mm -hmm. and follow-ups, et cetera. Um, and then I'm, I'm a firm believer in, um, in it, and even in the wholesale game, wholesale games at times, like I said, pretty scrappy, but mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in, you know, if you treat people right and right. you're fair and honest with them in the here and now, you'll have residual business forever. So, you know, I try to take that approach and in everything I'm in everything I do and especially in the wholesale front right because um, at the end of the day if you suck out all of the juice in the deal and your whoever you sold it to doesn't make any money then they're not coming back around to you so right. yeah I like to uh, kind of take that approach on every deal even if you might have to tighten things up on the spread um, and take take less of a margin to move more product I think that that's just a long-term uh, sustainable business yeah. model and approach right. relational I, it's relational very much relation relationship based uh, so one of the things I want, I want to talk to you about is you know this has been this journey of all these different facets that you've gone through mm -hmm. in the real estate world so you started at Perkinson was it just strictly traditional 
Yeah, yeah. When I started, uh, originally it was called um, Perkinson Investment Corp. And okay. uh, Perkinson Investment Corp was owned by my father. He, uh, my uncle is a designated broker. And in fact, a little tidbit on that, um, the uh, one of the founders of Invitation Homes, mm-hmm. Dallas Tanner, um, he hung his license there at Perkinson Investment Corp. And, you know, my dad kind of was his, his mentor, so to say. Mm-hmm. So I got to kind of see that relationship and how that that worked. But again, at that point, it was very much more investment minded. And so um, I changed the name to Perkinson Properties mm-hmm. and um, and was very much focused on the traditional real estate space or segment of the real estate industry from 2000 and what would that have been eight to like 2011 mm-hmm. was primarily residential resale. Um, and then in, in 2012 is when I started uh, really focusing on, and I became I became the broker in 2012, and focused more on trying to build a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from 2012 um, into 2013 and 14 was when I really jo- uh, jumped into the uh, uh, SFR space, single okay. family residential, working with invitation homes. Okay, so let's talk about that. So, how, <clears throat> how did that relationship occur? Now, obviously, you're being friends with Danny or Dallas or knowing Dallas certainly helped yeah yes it it definitely it definitely helped but there was uh that really was not um that influential and really being able to transact with him because you know he he was off doing a lot of different things flying all over the country and it was uh you know he had his his in-house acquisition guys on the ground that i had to kind of work uh directly with and uh figure out a way to you know add value and um so uh, but how did mutual, you get your foot in the door so, with the hedge fund? Yeah, so it, a lot of phone calls, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, you know follow up, follow up, follow up, and you know it took about six months to actually get to get a sit down, um, and then uh, a mutual friend uh, who got picked up uh, out of the business school as a you know West Coast acquisitions director, um, and was over the. Uh, really heading up the Las Vegas mm-hmm. acquisition team. Um, I, I kind of anchored next to him and, you know, kind of had written off Phoenix cause they had already been really moving. And, yeah. uh, so I started to try and get into the Vegas, uh, market with him and, you know, he liked the tenacity, liked how I was, you know, not relentless and, and, uh, you know, not taking no for an answer. And so he, um, uh, some things shook up in Phoenix and even though I was going down the route of, of helping him acquire in Vegas um, he called me and said hey things opened up here in Phoenix so you got an opportunity to see if you can come in and add some value and so at that point that was uh, uh, what was that November October of 2012 mm-hmm. um, and I was on track to you know do about 50 transactions that month and or that year I should say yeah and then in the month of November you know we st- stayed up all night for multiple weeks and figured out a way to pull in about 50 transactions in the month of November. And, uh, from there we just, you know, built a system, created a a platform that was, um, that was meaningful and, you know, that scrubbed the MLS well and identified good deals and, you know, really, uh, created a process that, uh, worked well for them at the time. And because of that, we were, we were successful in helping them acquire and I think assets. that's there's there's something uh, big there, right? Like you went from on pace to doing 50 deals mm-hmm. for that year to well, we got to do 50 deals this month. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys right now that are trying to build their businesses, trying to get their systems up and running, 
and there's the challenges of getting your business up and running and there's a challenge like holy crap we got this going on how the heck do we manage all this yeah so you said multiple weeks of not sleeping like what were the challenges how did you uh well the challenges is is well man a lot of offers that are going out Mm -hmm. and keeping track of all of those was a major challenge and so we had to really figure out in a short period of time how to streamline processes how to organize the workflow in a way that we could stay on top of all the offers that were going out and then the ones that were getting accepted and how we were managing um, you know, that whole process. And then once they did get accepted, you know, there was obviously an inspection period that we went through and a lot of those we had to go back and retrade. And so yeah. what we ended up doing is we really set it up um, like an assembly line and we had you know, uh, agents, which one of those was um, our, our good friend, Jordan Nielsen, yeah. uh, writing offers. And then we had, uh, but, but they wouldn't write offers until it was green lit by our underwriters. So we had mm-hmm. original underwriter and then we had agents who were firing out offers. And then we had, um, agents negotiating the deal, which I was primarily that agent. I had one other help helper that would help me do that. But, um, and then at that point it moved into the transaction and closing department. So we set it up like an assembly line mm-hmm. so that it was kind of very systematic and, um, you know, streamlined. So, and and I, that process of setting that up, I mean, I've used that, what I learned in those, you know, eight short months, um, throughout all the different businesses that I've kind of ventured onto since that experience. And it's taught me a lot about, well, I bet you learned a lot. Did learn a lot. How to drink down from a hose. Yes. uh, Yeah. Big fire hose. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So then you were working with invitation homes and then that eventually kind of winded Mm-hmm. itself down yep and then at that point you went off to yeah so after um after i was done with uh invitation homes ended up um starting uh treehouse realty mm-hmm. um and you know that was kind of an interesting venture that you know learned a lot from as well um the you know re- got really heavy back transitioned back into the traditional resale side of things pretty heavy more mm-hmm. so than i had originally anticipated um but again, learned a lot about building a, building a brokerage and systems and automations and the power of technology in the real estate space. Um, and, you know, grew that in, you know, about a year and a half's time, we had close to 80 agents mm-hmm. and um, learned that I really didn't want to be the broker of 80 <laughs> agents. So kudos to you, you got 65 and, um, you know, there are just a lot of headaches that come along with that. And so, uh, but that was fun. That was a great experience. Did that from about 2000 uh 13 through end of 2015 into mm-hmm. 16 and uh yeah i had a great time and then from there you went to yeah so from there um i actually my, one of the my passions has always been uh commercial real estate mm-hmm. uh, my father's background is he's uh, more in the development um land land development and syndication game and he's um owned and operated a number of hotels and medical office buildings. And I've always kind of saw what he's done and never has had really dove into it um, head first until 2016. I have a good buddy of mine who um, started a uh, storage company by the name of iStorage in 2010. So from 2010 to 2016, they had grown a storage portfolio to the size of approximately 70 properties. And in 2016, beginning of 2016 i was actually down in mexico with him racing mm-hmm. baja trucks and uh we started talking about 
the acquisition platform that I had um, for Invitation Homes, and he said, hey, you know, we're in acquisition mode. They had just uh, done a uh, recapitalization of their company, and so I decided to jump in and, and learn the, the uh, commercial real estate business with mm-hmm. him, um, acquiring properties for him and his company, and so um, had a good run from end of 15 to 16 in the, the uh, commercial real estate world. Had started a company called uh, Cresta Commercial Real Estate. We mm-hmm. identified uh, self-storage properties for his group and others, and through that process was able to um, you know, have firsthand <coughs> experience and watching a lot of acquisitions happen, and then I was able to be a part of uh, teeing up, um, uh, making some good connections that ultimately led to them selling their portfolio for close to 700 million bucks so it was yeah. it was really cool to be a part of that that process and um, again implement a lot of what I learned during the IH days on the acquisition front and then tailor it to the uh, commercial real estate front right and then after all that so yeah right at the end of, of that sale going down I actually got a call from a good friend of mine uh, who also was very influential um, in fact he was the same person that was very influential in um, getting me in with Invitation Homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Todd Farnsworth, a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had been picked up by Colony, who's based out of you know Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. And they had given him the task of, hey, we want to deploy meaningful capital here in Phoenix. So he called me and said, hey, we need to spin up a, or a yeah, I've been tasked to spin up a uh, acquisition platform for them. Um, and so I rallied some troops, brought them all together. They wanted to kind of have a multifaceted um, acquisition approach. Uh, from MLS to off-market to new build, mm-hmm. uh, which they were, you know, kind of the pioneers in that build-to-rent space, which has now become a thing. Yeah, and it is. I heard about that recently. Like, yeah. There's lots of people doing it. Yeah, it is a thing. And, we, you know, I was I was able to put together one of the first build-to-rent deals in the Valley with them out in Santan Valley, which, yeah. you know, has been overperforming. Um, and so, you know, it, that, was, uh, that was a fun fun wave from 16 through middle of 17 uh we yeah. helped them acquire about 320 assets here in phoenix oh nice yeah and then now you're wholesaling and flipping yep now wholesaling flipping um you know we ended up doing a little stint out in uh houston when right. when harvey hit we felt like there was an opportunity out there and um so we went out and acquired you know some 22 properties out there mm-hmm. some were flood homes others were non-flood more of like a uh, a regentrification pocket somewhere yeah. like in Arcadia um, in the uh, inner loop of Houston and that's been a great experience um, learned th- some hard lessons about operating in other states and how difficult <laughs> that is well give me that because I need to be discouraged yeah. from going outside of Arizona yeah I would tell you that um, you know if anyone had and again I've had desires and passions of you know going and doing really big things in other markets and mm-hmm. have traveled all over and have got my broker's license in seven different states and mm-hmm. It sounds all great and fine and dandy, but be ready for a lot of uh, uh, extensive costs and, you know, being spread super thin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I learned is, you know, the ability to manage, which is common sense, right? Be, the ability to manage in a different state becomes very difficult. Yeah. And be able when you to can't re- look them in the eye? Or you can't look them in the eye and you're relying upon other guys. And I, and I feel like I have a really good you know, platform there with some really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, it's hard to hold people's feet to the fire, get them to show up, especially in a, in a market like Houston where the, you know, the labor force has, has been a challenge to, yeah. to uh, you know, it, well, in general, there's just, there's a lot of construction rehabs going on for obvious reasons. So, yeah. um, but it was a, it's been a great experience and we, uh, we've learned a lot 
And although the returns haven't been as good as we would have liked, um, we've, you know, uh, formed some really strong uh, partners with our, our relationships with our partners and, um, you know, are working our way through uh, what we have there. I'm going to probably hold on to some of those as rentals mm-hmm. and um, look to exit those down the road. Um, some of the inventory levels have been a little higher than we would have liked, so absorption's, yeah. you know, been a little, little softer. But, um, yeah, it's been a great experience. So one of the things that, um, you know, as a warning to, uh, to some of our newer agents is stay focused. Do mm-hmm. one thing, do one thing well, right? Yes. And then do the, the, it's easy to kind of get shiny object syndrome and jump on this to this to this. And what ends up happening is you fail at all these different things. Mm-hmm. Now you've proven that, you've proven to be the exception <laughs> to that rule. So what do you attribute that to? Like, how, why are we able to jump to so many different facets of the industry and still have high success in each in each realm? Um, well, I, I still think that it goes back to what I said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Tenacity, hard work, and never giving up. Yeah. That's that's the only reason why I'm still in business today is be- yeah. because of that. Because the reality of it is I couldn't, I, I am a, I'm, I'm a living testament to what you were just saying. You get, yeah. spr- you're one, you're one person. You can only focus on, Yes, you. I'm a pretty good multitasker, and I can do multiple things at once. But my highest level of effectiveness mm-hmm. has not been there because I've you know bounced around to a number of things. Now, the reason why I've done that is because it's really more of an educational thing. Like I've wanted to get. Then there's no better way to learn than yeah. jumping in, Go head in. first, and figuring it out. Yeah. And so I look at it as a way because you know my ultimate goal is to have um, a boutique residential and commercial brokerage mm-hmm. business in located in the Southeast Valley that services Phoenix. Yeah. And because of everything that I've done over the last five years, I have, and I've touched five different asset classes. I have a track record in brokering, you know, land and commercial buildings and storage and industrial mm-hmm. and, you know, office. Um, you know, I have, I have a background in all of that now right. and uh, feel like I can add some meaningful value to all of the different, all of those different asset classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back to answer your question, why have I been able to do it and others haven't is sleepless nights and, um, <laughs> you know, putting in a lot of hours. That's all there is to it. You're going to figure it out. Yes. I'm down determined to figure it out. Yeah. So as far as your wholesale flipping operation, what does that organization look like today? Um, so we've got a core group of about, uh, six, six of us that, um, really, you know, get after it on the wholesale Mm -hmm. fix and flip front. Um, I have a a director of operations named Tyler Briggs, super sharp kid, um, came from, uh, open or offer pad, uh, before he was with us. Um, and I have an internal call center, um, one caller here in Phoenix in my office, and then I have actually um, outsourced caller in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, that generate a lot of leads on the phones. Um, and then I've got uh, a guy that kind of manages the leads and directs them to the different agents that work them. And then I've got uh, three agents that really, you know, hustle and work uh, the leads that come in and go out to the buy appointments. And um, you know, we uh, we feel good about what we have, what we have going on, what we've got in the pipeline, and really. The team that we have in place is is uh, a bunch of guys and and gals that that like to hustle and like to get after yeah. it. So so you're sending licensed real estate agents 
on the buy appointments? Uh, some of them uh, are licensed. Some are some are not. Okay. So, so um, you're saying agents? You just mean like they just? Yes. People yeah. going to the people point. going out there. Buyers. Okay. Yeah. Quote gotcha. unquote buyers. So I have um, uh, one buyer that's he's take he's actually taken all of his classes to be an agent. And he just hasn't passed the test. But mm. he, yeah, he goes on the he's really the one that goes on the majority of the buy appointments and all the other you know agents really kind of help sell the deals. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so that we're talking about cold callers, talking about acquisitions. You do any have any disposition people? Um, uh, yeah, but I don't. I haven't segmented it uh, to where you know I have people specifically focused on dispositions mm-hmm. versus acquisitions. We kind of all collectively work together as a team. I think that that is something that you know I I, I see systematically speaking. Um, again, going back to focusing on one thing that you're good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that being something that we're going to work on in 2019, really getting it set up like that. But right now we can all just work together as a team. As we get a deal tied up, we, we all go out to our different networks and, and tap into the network that you know, I've built over the last however many years and get them sold in whatever way we can. Okay. Um, and then you mentioned earlier, you, you wrote a platform to, um, you know, write offers mm-hmm. for, for your, for MLS listings. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still something that you find effective to be today? To yeah. Find to be effective today. Yes. And just to clarify, I did not write the program. <laughs> it was Steve Peterson. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, he and I were partners at the time and yeah, it's been, we have had success using it and, yeah. um, it is something that, it, you know, it's a tool. Ultimately mm-hmm. you got to know how to use the tool. Um, right. and you got to be, you know, super Johnny on the spot and, um, really, really work it to mm-hmm. get out of it. What, um, you know, what is built to, to do, but yes, we've had uh, quite a bit of success with it. Um, back we're working on a deal right now that we just tied up and it's closing 29th and we're working it right now that, uh, today, right before I came in here, yeah. that we tied up using that app. Not all of them come on MLS. We have quite a few that come off market through probate and other sources, but, right. um, it is an effective tool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about this a little bit, but, uh, are you in any markets right now besides Phoenix? I mean, you were, Just you Phoenix were in Houston. Houston. Yeah, I still am in Houston. Yeah. We still we st- are. Yeah. We're in Phoenix and in Houston. Um, I'm licensed in Florida and Georgia and, uh, Nashville or I guess Tennessee. Um, but I'm not actively pursuing those markets right mm-hmm. now. I really want to focus on folks on Phoenix. I'd way rather be really, really good in Phoenix than yeah. mediocre and average in a whole bunch of different markets. Right. Um, so yeah, my main focus in 2019 is to, uh, be here in Phoenix and I'll probably grow out, uh, the wholesale platform in Houston since I'm there, I've got a network there and, uh, you know, but right now main focus is Phoenix. Okay. All right. And are there any CRM tools or systems that you could not live without? Hmm. CRM tools or systems that I could not live without. Um, well on the broker side, I got to have Skyslope because yeah. uh, I previously was paper filed back oh, six geez. years ago and it was a disaster. So, yeah. um, Especially with the volume you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we quickly transitioned over to Skyslope, you mm-hmm. know, or something along those lines. I don't, Dot Loop, I think, is one of them that we tried that I wasn't a yeah. huge fan of. So Skyslope has been pretty, pretty uh, great to use. Um, Podio is what we're using currently right now for mm-hmm. our CRM platform, which that was actually the original uh, CRM platform that 
we used when Jordan was with us uh -huh. six years ago and we were starting a resale team right after the IH days. He got us set up on Podio. And then we ended up jumping over to conversion when I started Treehouse mm -hmm. Realty, which I think is now KV Core is yep. what they call it. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of that um, platform as well. That was great. But you know, I, I like Podio. I mean, it's a uh, it's got a good base, and you, you can do a lot with it. Um, yeah, it's been uh, something that we have you know, that's been very useful. And then of course Excel, right? You can't get away without having a bunch <laughs> of Excel sheets. So yeah. Um, uh, and and Google Drive, which Google Google Docs, we've used a lot. That was what yeah. my whole acquisition platform was built off of for Invitation Homes. Right, was Google Docs. Okay, so. uh, you know I missed the question here. I don't know how this happened. Uh, what are your top lead sources right now? Uh, on the whole, specific on the wholesale. to wholesale, yeah. Um, top lead sources are probably off of uh, you know our call center. I mean, we just have we have some dedicated, really good dialers mm -hmm. that. Uh, kick up quite a few leads and um, relationships that I've built with different probate attorneys. Yeah. So those are probably my two top okay. um, sources for deals. And then the, the cold callers, who are they calling? Uh, they're calling off of uh, 60 day late lists and then also just equity lists that we've, that we've pulled um, yeah. through Remind. Actually, we've used that Remind, that new Remind map. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then also uh, some list source data. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just get kind of surgical on what areas we want to focus on and dial a whole bunch of numbers. Yeah. So cool. Uh, so what are you going to do if the market dips? Lick my chops. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm gonna, it's part of what I've, why I'm kind of really transitioning back to like get hyper-focused on instead of more the owner operator side, which I've been doing the last you know, pretty heavily the last year, mm -hmm. um, bringing, you know, my business back to the bread and butter of brokerage because market dips, that means there's a lot of investors coming in to buy a bunch of properties, right? Mm -hmm. um, or there's people that are gonna need to sell their house or yeah. there's, you know, businesses that are gonna need to, you know, move and consolidate. And uh, so I'm just gonna be ready to uh, find those people or mm -hmm. businesses that, need to make a move because the market's corrected and and um, be able to add a service that makes sense and get paid a commission because of it so so you think the traditional side would be bigger if the market dips uh, I mean the traditional side will definitely be uh, I don't know on the traditional side yeah I mean the, I, I I look at it as I mean yes there will be traditional resale business that's how I well, live through yeah. that's how I lived through the last downturn my focus is probably will not be yeah. My personal focuses will not be so much on that side, mm -hmm. but you know the agents that I have on board with the with me will, you know, be able to take advantage of, of that. But I think that you know there'll be I'm going to be focusing more on the investment opportunities that will come, um, and to be able to identify those and bring in buyers or sellers or whatever, uh, and and act as a as a broker in those in those transactions. And then obviously from being in the broker position, I'll be able to identify some deals and in certain situations we'll be able to you know take a principal role in those so. okay uh what's your biggest struggle right now biggest struggle right now oh man i would say um biggest struggle is just getting getting things back in line and back in motion under the same system and platform or similar system and platform that i had you know back early days of of treehouse and uh late late days of 
version one of Perkinson Properties, mm-hmm. um, and getting all those systems really, really ironed out and functioning properly. Um, you know, we've, I've learned a lot through all of those days, and now it's just getting you know, all the all of the uh, underlying uh, core systems are in place, and now it's just the fine tuning process. Yeah. And so, um, you know, being pulled in a number of different directions on you know, getting deals done myself, and then managing other agents and uh, managing um, projects that we have going on. So right now, it's probably uh, the hardest thing is just getting pulled in a couple different directions and right. trying to really find the right guys and gals in my office that are kind of owning those different things that are pulling me in different directions so that I can kind of focus on growing the macro business of having a boutique commercial and residential brokerage business that I can, uh, you know, bring in agents and source opportunities for those agents to, to run with. So, okay. And what do you consider to be your superpower? My superpower? Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm the type of guy that can bring a lot of energy mm-hmm. to a room and, yeah. um, you know, create a lot of excitement mm-hmm. and, you know, recruit agents and uh, create opportunities for those agents to take advantage of. And, uh, so I would, I would say that that's, you know, th- those things are my, uh, those are my forte mm-hmm. is, you know, on the sales and marketing and, uh, recruiting side of things. Yeah. And that's what I, I'm, I love doing. I mean, I love, uh, I love being, I love taking a group of people, bringing them all together, creating synergies to accomplish something mm-hmm. great and have everyone win. And when, when everyone's winning, like makes me happy. That's and awesome. So I'm, I'm a big, uh, big believer in, you know, creating systems and, uh, an operation to where that, uh, that can, that can reside. Okay. I like that. Uh, what's the greatest lesson you've learned? Hmm. Greatest lesson I've learned is probably what you were talking about before. Uh, find what I'm really good at mm-hmm. and stay focused on that and not get distracted with the next big thing. The grass is greener on the other side, the shiny objects that <laughs> fly in front of my face. It's not our fault. It keeps coming it out. In front just, of us. It does. And and the biggest thing I've learned is how to say no, right. how to say that sounds like an unbelievable opportunity that I'm going to pass on. Yeah. But it's not because it's not an unbelievable opportunity or it could be, it's that I'm staying focused on this. And right. I've learned that from firsthand experience by associating with our good friend, Jordan Nielsen yeah. here at Lister pros. And, yeah. uh, he's been a great example to me of that. And, you know, I'm just watching people just stay, stay level, stay right here. And that's, you know, it, it, it goes back to the tortoise and the hare, dude, mm-hmm. that, that whole thing is like, and I have a couple tortoises myself in my house and it's, it's, it, <laughs> I cannot be more true. You can turn your head and next thing you know, they're gone. And it's not because they're lightning speed. It's because they're just steady. Right. So, um, I think that's probably the biggest lesson that uh, I've learned is be steady, be constant and don't get distracted. Yeah. I, I was coming from uh, lunch and I had this, uh, I was talking to a couple of uh, flippers mm-hmm. and they're asking me like, well, so Steve, what's your focus? Like, that's just not a good question for me because <laughs> seven different things going on. I'm the antithesis yeah. of focus. Um, so what is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Hmm. Favorite, best, and most interesting failure. That's a good question because I've had a lot of failures in my day. Um, 
I probably would say, uh, I probably would say, you know, I guess you could classify Cresta commercial real estate as a quote unquote failure because it's not in existence anymore today. Uh, but I would say that that's probably my, f my favorite Yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, I got to associate with my best childhood friend growing mm -hmm. up. Paul Brown, he's just such a stud, and I was able to really spend a lot of quality time during those two years um, traveling. He's, he had an office out in California on the beach, Solano Beach, and I literally have a mobile office over there. Office on the beach? On the beach, like literally, you sit here, look out the window, see the beach. It was nice. It was phenomenal. And so I was traveling back and forth, doing, um, doing a lot with him, spending a lot of time out there with him, learning from him and his partner, Zach Linford, who's a wizard, like an absolute data, data wizard, um, and got to kind of see the inner workings of ice storage and how that, how that worked. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, that has been, that was a tremendous learning experience for me. Yeah. And uh, again, although Cresta in and of itself isn't in existence, the things I learned during that two year stint being able to be involved in a large, you know, watching a large transaction happen in front of my face, um, and then be able to take those those things and and then apply it to this the uh, the residential the SFR yeah. space right after that. Um, that's probably been one of my what it, what was it favorite failures? Failure. There you go. Yeah. Fa favorite failures that I learned the most from. Yeah, and I can't imagine too many people in our in our space have done a seven hundred million dollar transaction. Yeah, well, and again, <laughs> it was uh, I, I wouldn't say that I was the one who championed the whole thing. But you didn't I, champion I, it. I, I but did tee up. I, I did tee up the initial phone call, which that's my role as a broker. I know my role as a broker, right? Yeah. That is the role of your broker. Then that's the other thing I learned. Yeah. Know your place. Yeah. In the broker world, if you're a broker, that's what you are. You're a broker. You make the introductions and you let the other guys do the work. Right. So, um, what book have you gifted more than any other? What book have I gifted? Man, if I were a reader, I would have a lot bigger wealth of uh, of, 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 of books, <laughs> uh, which I need to, that's one of the things I really want to do more yeah. of in 2019 is read. But uh, I would say, and this is one that my father, who's always pounding the streets on, is the good old uh, greatest salesman in the world by, uh, what's his name? Yoshi. Yoshida, I don't even know the, the author's name. D'Agostino? D'Agostino, there you go. Yeah. Um, but that's probably, that's, uh, that has probably been the book that I have referred out to my agents the most. Yeah. Being in a sales, uh, sales business, the thing that I really liked about that, that book and that I put into practice is, is really understanding and knowing, you know, the, the process of sales, but also understanding and knowing how to go from the, um, the what does he what does he refer to it as in the book where you are the engineer mind mm -hmm. to more of like the bigger picture mind yeah. and you got to understand and know your trade but then you also have to be able to like take a step back and understand and know how the the bigger picture of, of the business works and yeah. so um that's probably my uh the book that i've gifted the most i'm gonna pick that up um on. what keeps you up at night <sighs> debt yeah debt keeps me up at night not a not a huge fan of of debt hard money debt yeah. too much too much of it keeps me up at night so, so you're talking about like when you're going through a flip yeah yeah when you're going through a flip and you got a big hard money loan on it that you're paying 10 or 12 percent interest on and mm -hmm. the clock's ticking and things are taking longer and you got big hefty <laughs> interest payments going yeah. out every month 
that keeps me up at night. So oh. that's uh, actually one of the few things that has kept me up. And like, I am a rock of a sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> stack a bunch of debt on me, and I will. I'll keep you know keep me up. So does that stop you or prevent you from doing like you know those those major deals? I mean, you said you're doing one. No, with I mean, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing one basic countback right now, and. In a uh, in a neighborhood called Echo Canyon, right, mm-hmm. literally right at the base of the trailhead, um, it's a it's a big flip, and I got a big. I'm in the process of refining out some hard money and getting it down to more like five and a half percent money, which mm-hmm. will be a little easier little easier. But it's still you know a million bucks in debt on the deal. So yeah, so I mean twelve percent. I mean that's what that's not a big deal. I mean that's only like a hundred thousand <laughs> yeah, a ex- month. Exactly right. <laughs> Some ridiculous amount every month. My, my payment currently on it, that one's like sixty seven hundred bucks a month. So it's close to oh, 80, eighty grand not, a year. So that's not too bad. That's chump change, right? <laughs> for you maybe. For you. <laughs> okay, cool. So I think that's a great place to end this. Um so what if someone will have some questions for you on, you know, whether the the crest or the brokerage or whatever, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Uh, probably to uh, shoot me a text. I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm pretty easy on text. Or, or you could instant message me on on Facebook as well. But text message to my cell phone, 480-247-0907. Um, or you could instant message me. Danny Perkinson is pretty that's, – that's me on Facebook. So look me awesome. up on Facebook. And yeah, the red beard. Yeah, the guy with the red beard. Which, red beard you didn't used to be there, and my kids told me to never shave it again because I look ridiculous. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I ever if I ever get rid of the red beard. Okay, cool. And again, guys, if you like the show, please share this episode right now. And next week we have Ron Rana from Houston, and he's gonna be talking about how he went from just doing regular car sales to becoming the top wholesaler in Houston. Uh, and don't forget, to guys, to check out realestatedisruptors.com to find out about our upcoming events. And watch all of our previous episodes. And with that, thank you guys for listening. And thank you. This was Steve, thanks awesome. Thanks for having me.